1: Hey guys, and welcome to the Moms and Murder podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and dear old Melissa. She loves it when I call her that.
0: (laughs) That's basically what I'm known as, so this works pretty good. At least I said dear. Yeah, like that makes it sound like dear Abby, who is also really old, so (laughs) (laughs) not helpful. We
1: have a really exciting case for you guys tonight. Um, not too many announcements today, just that I am going to be recording on Playlist uh, next Ooh. week. Actually, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, then I already just did it last night. And you did a great job. Right.
0: Amazing. <laughs> I'm am, like blown away with how great you did. They are going to be so happy you were
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Okay. So I'll be doing that. Um, and you'll have to look for that. I don't know when it's going to come out. No clue. Long time in the future, but um, keep your ears open open yeah and check out playlist. it's such yes. a
0: fun podcast to listen to lots of your favorite podcasters talking about their favorite songs in different categories or yeah categories yeah yeah there's a topic themes there's a themes. theme right
1: yeah. so melissa already actually recorded on playlist, which we I mentioned mm-hmm. so um i'll be excited to even hear hers because of course i wasn't here so i don't even know how
0: that went so basically skip that one yeah. <laughs> <the hot mess. laughs> no, it was a lot of fun
1: um, and so, Melissa, would you like to tell everybody about our new merch
0: store? Oh, Mandy. <laughs> she danced, too. So we have our merch store. I think we talked about it last week. It's momsandmurder.threadless.com. And you can get notebooks, coffee cups, shirts i really want to get a shirt and manny and i are putting in our order this week we still have not put our order in uh lots of different fun stuff a couple designs hopefully by the time you hear this we'll have a third design that may or may not be a chicken with a sweater if we can figure this out someone in our group Nikki t that sounds like a rap name doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to blast
1: her full name on here, so yeah. Nikki T.
0: Yo Yo in our uh, <laughs> mom store group made us the coolest design. So I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate that into our little store and steal all the money that we make from that, um, the millions of dollars, and right. for her free work. So right, if we make millions, <laughs> then we
1: may have to work out a deal with her. So we're
0: sending our stickers <laughs> and magnets. So we, it's all we have, really. That's yeah. all we have to give. <laughs> so um, so we have the store Patreon account Patreon.com/slash/moms-and-murder podcast um if you want to support us for reasons i don't understand but we have we have a new episode up on the murder of annie lee which is titled um talented what was gifted and talented gifted and talented (laughs) the story (laughs) of mandy's fourth grade year so if you want to (laughs) hear if you want to hear why it's titled that uh become a patreon supporter um we're not it's okay we're good (laughs) we appreciate (laughs) everyone that's supporting us you guys are great we are getting magnets this week so if you were waiting for a magnet that's coming in hopefully tomorrow or something by the time you hear this you might already have it in your mailbox. Right. I don't know. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and last thing, uh, we have like, we're we're working ahead on this. I am super proud of us. Christmas is still like almost two months away. But we have an idea that we're discussing in our Mums the Word group, kind of how we can be active in our community and help other families. So if you want more information on that, join our Facebook group, Mums the Word, and we'll have that information posted by The time you hear this. It's already up. It's already up. You've already (laughs) seen it. (laughs) We are so on top of things. (laughs) We are the worst. Okay. Mandy. Oh, and this episode, by the way, guys, is a Patreon chosen episode. Yes. So we decided to put... One of my hometown murders, one of Mandy's, and then a couple other big cases, and this one got over 50% of the vote, so thank you very much. Tallahassee rocks, minus this story, so go ahead. Take it away, Mandy. Tallahassee does not rock. I'm a Tallahassee lassie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. It's the worst. so many terrible jokes and phrases. Okay. <laughs> That's all we have. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about the murder of Samara Frash, and some People may have heard of this case because, from what I understand, it was actually a pretty big deal at the time when it was going on. Um, I actually had never heard of it, though, so um, I had a lot of fun researching this one and um, learning everything about it. I always like that when I really don't know anything about the case because – then it's a lot more, you know, interesting to me to be able to read
0: everything you can find about it. And it ended up being a Dateline case, like, two days after we had everybody voted. I, like, was Googling about this, and I was like, oh, Dateline, this is so helpful. And it's Keith Morrison, guys. It just was beautiful. It was meant to be. It was a present (laughs) to us from (laughs) Keith Morrison, and screw you, Manx. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can't say that. (laughs) (laughs) They're already coming after us. (laughs) Okay. So Samara Frash was born on December 12th, 1975 in Madagascar. And she was a citizen of France before she moved to the U.S. She was a retired supermodel who loved music, singing, and had a YouTube channel, which we checked out. And it was very interesting. Highly recommended. I hope everybody will go and check out her music videos.
0: Mandy wrote me back, what did I just watch? Yeah.
1: (laughs) There was an extra word in there. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because it was just Heck. that
1: amazing. <laughs> um, so she grew up in poverty and she realized that she wanted to live a more glamorous life. So when she got to the U.S. and everything, she set off to make that happen. Actually, I think she kind of started her path. In France. In France. And mm-hmm. whenever she was doing a lot of modeling and everything. So she kind of started that and then moved to the States and continued her dream of having this. And beyond.
0: It was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Quite
1: a bit. Quite a lavish lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so she met Adam Frash in the summer of 2006 during fashion week in Paris and he thought that she was stunning and they immediately began a relationship. So kind of, I guess one of those love at first sight kind of lust at first sight. I refuse (laughs) to say love at
0: first sight about this sort of thing. You don't think it's possible? No. Um, I heard one of her friends who was obviously a model or something in France kept saying how attractive he was. I wasn't getting that from anything I saw of him, even kind of, sort of, maybe almost. Well, the only
1: real things I saw of him, he was like already in jail and he was kind of like had put on some weight and stuff. So, a little bloated there. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he was, maybe he was better looking. No, I mean, we saw pictures <laughs> when they met and I was not impressed, but sure. Well, he must have had something going if supermodel Samurai wanted. Anything to do with him? Yeah.
0: So, well, maybe he had a personality. Who knows? Maybe. So there was actually a little
1: bit of a problem with this new relationship that started off lustful, as you said. Do tell. Um, and the problem was that Adam was still married to his second wife, uh, Tracy Eleanor. So he had already been married.
0: Semantics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. No big deal. Don't <laughs> let that stop you.
1: So Samara and Adam carried on a long distance relationship. In the middle of him trying to fight his way through the divorce thing with Tracy. So I'm sure that was... Honestly, I just don't know. I just couldn't put up with that. Like, I I wouldn't be able to be like the other woman while you're in the process of getting a divorce. I just don't want to deal with any of that. That just sounds like way too much drama. Yeah. And I'm just not about that. No. (laughs) Get a divorce
0: first and then come talk to me. Thank you. Well, Mandy, that's (laughs) actually not a bad idea. (laughs) That's actually... A real good one. So, <laughs> check mark for you.
1: So, Adam and Samra got married in Vegas um, in 2009. And after getting her overseas uh, orders, you know, uh, sorry, overseas affairs in order, um, she moved to Tallahassee in the spring of 2010. So, this was kind of a big culture shock for yeah. her because yeah. we're talking supermodel in Paris. Mm-hmm. And of course, Wait, What are you
0: saying about Tallahassee? <laughs> that it's not Paris. <laughs> that's all. I'll have Nothing you know, more. we are the Paris of Florida. Thank you very much. Yeah, right. We're basically the Florida there is of Florida. There's no such thing. <laughs> There's no Paris in Florida anywhere. We're going to get so many comments about our giggles.
1: <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. Sorry. Um, so the two of them moved into the wealthy community of Golden Eagle. And Adam was actually Dr. Adam Frash, and he was a very well-respected and popular podiatrist in the North Florida and South Georgia areas where he had practices in both states. So um, I had actually learned through the Dateline episode that he – because at first I was like, well, how did he have, like, money that much? Because I know, like, when you're a doctor – You have money usually, but
0: not what you're seeing on this. Like we saw, it's ridiculous. Right,
1: it's like a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Yeah, Um, which seems like a theme with the with cases we do. Like,
0: why are rich people so
1: crazy? I know. Well, I think (laughs) it
0: makes us feel better about being poor because we're like, at least we're not crazy. Yeah,
1: exactly. If if money turns people into that, then I guess I just don't want it. No, Um. you can still give me money. I'm
0: good. (laughs) (laughs) You're willing to try. I'll, I'll give it a
1: try. I'll let you know what happens. So he actually got, had a lot of money because at this time he was one of the highest earning podiatrists in the U S because his claim to fame, so to speak, um, was that he was one of the leading practitioners that was using a new method of, um, it was a skin graft procedure that was for diabetics and it was called dermagraft. And so a lot of his patients were actually on Medicare and in one year that he was working doing this, he received over a million dollars in Medicare payments. So I don't really understand how that works because I guess I didn't realize that the doctor just pockets payment. I mean, I guess the practice technically does, and then he just pays himself whatever.
0: Well, yeah, but um, you could overbill, and I think that was part of the Oh, oh, you think shady business? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what it sounds like. They did actually go back and check because it didn't make sense why. Especially, it's Tallahassee in South Georgia. South Georgia is like Thomasville. Shout out to Thomasville people. I know you're there. Um, <laughs> all two of you that I'm friends with. Hi, Sarah. And um, But Thomasville is a very small town. Tallahassee is like college town, the capital, but really it's not obviously a big town at all. So for him to be making this kind of money doesn't make a lot of sense. Granted, he's going to be seeing a lot of Medicare, but Medicare pays like based amounts. Right. Every other insurance bills based on what Medicare is allowable is, if that makes sense. So you're not... He's double billing. They said, um, I read that he would have had to have billed two patients an hour every hour for 24 hours at a time every day to make what he was actually saying. Okay. So So he... Shady. Shady. So something was definitely going on there. Can I make a comment about where they lived in Golden Eagle? Because I'm so excited. Please, this is my Tallahassee connection. Please. (laughs) Golden Eagle is the most beautiful place in Tallahassee. It's gorgeous. I know people that live there. I'm not friends with them because they're not going (laughs) to be friends with me, but I know people that live there. But I think of Golden Eagle as like the, um, so Tallahassee's Pawnee and Golden Eagle is, what is that rich town that they're always fighting with oh my gosh this is not fun i don't know any you can't towns. help me because this is on um parks and rec Pawnee and oh forget it forget it move on i'm gonna come back to it i'm so sad this was such a good reference i'm so sad she wanted
1: this to work so bad so bad <laughs>
0: Eagleton, Pawnee and Eagleton. Eagleton is the great place that everybody wants to be. And Pawnee's like the trash city. Not that Tallahassee's a trash city, but in comparison to the Golden Eagle, of Tallahassee, it's like its own world.
1: So it's like the community where you like pack up your family and you go drive around their neighborhood yeah, yeah, looking yeah, yeah. at you Christmas to, lights because exactly. your
0: neighborhood can you not can't because as there's a
1: gated community. So. <laughs> so you have to know somebody exactly. or just sneak in behind the car in front of you.
0: <laughs> this is through. It. <laughs> we have like four more pages sorry yeah. <laughs> i'm off of it now so adam
1: in addition to all of his shady billing practices that he apparently had uh he was also an avid gambler and he seemed to have a lot of success with it and he actually would say that he never loses which of right. course we all know with gambling you do people do lose but i guess that was just his way of saying that he's good at gambling yeah, and makes yeah. money doing it. <laughs> so, and I guess when you have like a lot of money to throw around for gambling, well, if you're, if you are lucky, then you can right make a lot of money. Not that I ever would recommend gambling because it normally doesn't work out that way. <laughs> I've never done
0: well with any of like the casinos at, um, in Tampa, uh-huh. Hard Rock. No, it's just... I would bring fifty dollars and like ten minutes in. I'm like, all right, who's ready? I'm
1: yeah, done. yeah, I know. Well, that it's funny. I mean, I'm not. I haven't been gambling a lot of times, but my dad was really big with blackjack. He loved to play blackjack, and so we used to go on the. They had the casino cruises. Um, I don't know if they even do them anymore.
0: Victory Nope, nope. It was Sun Cruise
1: Casino. Oh yeah, I know that one. And you're leaving that in. Nope. So, but we used to go and do that, and he would take us, and of course, I'm always like, well, thank God for daddy being here because I would be out of this game in yeah. like two seconds. But my dad was so great at it. And every time he would be up money, he would cash in and then give me more to play with. And so what oh a man. nice dad, right? Yeah. So it was all just for fun. But, um, yeah, at this point in my life, I can't imagine just going and doing gambling no. for fun because I don't have that kind of money to play around with. Hmm. <laughs> um, so Adam had two previous marriages and four other children prior to uh, his marriage to Samura. In fact, during the time uh, between his engagement and his marriage, Adam actually fathered another child with another woman. And when Samura found out about this, uh, which was when she came over to the United States and she found out, of course, she was furious because yeah. this is her fiance. Yeah. And, um, you know, love, love, ready to get married. Yeah. But she, I guess, wasn't that mad because she decided to stay with him and get married anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I who knows what she was thinking at this point. But, yeah, definitely during their engagement, he got somebody else pregnant. And he had enough children. I don't really get what he was doing there.
1: Right. Yes. And he was pretty young. So to be already, you know, working on his third marriage. Yeah. I just feel like there's red flags popping up all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Several. We could have written his life story at this point. We would have known what <laughs> happened. Yes, yeah,
1: exactly. So the two of them, Adam and Samura, lived a very lavish lifestyle, as we said earlier. Um he Adam would actually buy cars as like a hobby. So he would he just liked the thrill of it. And I'm guessing it kind of goes back to his like you know pension for gambling and yeah. he seems like the kind of guy who High just risk kind of right stuff. like he just loves that kind of thing and just obviously loves spending money you know just for the sake of spending money yeah so at one point he actually had between 80 and 100 vehicles oh and my these goodness. were not this isn't like your clunker that he's just picking up you <laughs> what know what we drive <laughs> He would not be interested in my car at all. So he he was buying like really nice Mustangs and Mercedes and just all kinds of different, you know, higher end luxury cars. And he would go online searching for these vehicles until he found the perfect one that he really loved and just had to have. Right. And if he, it didn't matter what time of day it was, if he saw one that he liked and it was in another state, well, he would just boom, get on a plane and go buy the car. (laughs)
0: I don't. Just, just I don't for fun. Understand. It was just like a pastime. <laughs> I know. Uh, he needed like a Pokemon or something to collect those kind of things. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> it's like the rich person's Pokemon. So, within
1: a few years of marriage, Samara and Adam had their first child. It was a daughter, and her name was Hyra. And Samara turned all of her attention from her career to being a mom, and she her friends and family said that that was really her passion. She just absolutely doted on that baby girl, just loved her to death and was a really good mom. And, um, but of course she always had a taste for the finer things. my goodness. (laughs) And she definitely raised her daughter or was trying to raise her in that same style. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, i don't even think there's words for all of what she was doing but yeah
1: go ahead continue i can't with any of this so she started a clothing line and made a website or a facebook page or what have you and would use hyra as her little baby model for these and she's a beautiful girl beautiful beautiful baby um and would use the the baby as like her model for all these extravagant little outfits and everything. Yeah. And the, I mean, they were adorable, but it's just the kind of not thing that I'm practical. like, I wouldn't put the, on my kid because I would be scared they were going to ruin it in like 30 seconds. <laughs> and- so, <laughs> it's just those kinds of outfits. So yeah. anyone who's a mom will know exactly what I'm talking
0: about. Yeah. Um, it's similar to the idea of like putting shoes on a two month old, like, why are you going to do that? Like, right. they don't need them Right. and you're just fighting against a flat foot. It- They're not working <laughs> with you. <laughs> it's silly. So there's several YouTube videos of their time in New York City. They, like, would travel all around. And did you watch any of these videos?
1: I didn't. I only watched the ones, the clips of the ones yeah. from the Dateline. Oh, my goodness. It was very elaborate. It's
0: literally, and this is a real video you can find, and we'll have to link to some of these. It's um, Samara in New York City pushing a a shopping cart pushing a <laughs> stroller <Damn>. in like <laughs> you make her sound like a homeless woman like opposite <laughs> pushing this stroller and it had like fur all around it just oh yeah humongous like she was <laughs> in a cocoon and the girl looked terrified and people are just walking was. around taking pictures of her because the mom's in this like white fur beautiful tall you know like she <laughs> demands attention wherever she goes pushing this thing around good old Adams over there wearing Ed Hardy from head to toe. (laughs) That's like his his entire t-shirt collection is Ed Hardy. Yeah, so if he sold that stuff, he was not making anything. He lost a lot of money on all of his Ed Hardy. Every picture I saw of him, he was wearing Ed (laughs) Hardy. So it gives you an idea of what time of the world this was in. Um, So anyway, so her first birthday party, I watched clips of that people walking through on the red carpet. The people walking through looked confused while they were there. <laughs> and and Samira was saying, um, Samurai was saying, you know, oh, we had people flown in from all over the country. And you just see people walking down the red carpet, like what exactly is happening there? And they're like trying to be nice. And she put this video out and they're all trying to be nice. But even they're like, what? Is, no, this is, Real dumb. This girl's it one was very
1: Kardashian esque. Yes,
0: it was the Tallahassee Kardashians, which is not a compliment <laughs> <laughs> for Tallahassee or the Kardashians, they were a hot mess. <laughs> So, she and Adam actually had another daughter a year later, and she loved being a mom even more. And they did show some clips I saw on Dateline with her just with her kids and just engaging with them, and no makeup, no hair done, and it just seemed like she really loved them. It was nice to see that. Just like a normal
1: mom. Yeah, because the
0: rest of it would make you, like it was hard to get through the rest of it right <laughs> but you see that and you're like okay she she wasn't it wasn't like nannies everywhere and stuff like she really loved this part of and she was like a hands on she was a, like a, hands-on. She was a present
1: hands on mom right um so as great of a, a mom as she is um, or was and you know as as much as she loved doing that she apparently there was a little bit of trouble in the marriage and um yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> Samura actually um, had accused Adam of having multiple affairs which he denied and still to this day denies that he ever cheated on his wife which I don't know how you can deny that when you got someone pregnant well lots
0: of history there <laughs>
1: yeah so I don't know but I guess it's a pride thing maybe he just doesn't want to admit yeah well it doesn't help that
0: him at all it doesn't do him any favors to say he had affairs so
1: right so they had kind of a tumultuous relationship there were threats and violent outbursts and samara was even um arrested at one point for domestic abuse herself so from the sounds of it and from the friends that were interviewed for the dateline it sounded like samara was also a little bit yeah um What do you want to say? Like short fused Mm -hmm. maybe. And so the two of them together was just like. Very volatile. Right. So Mm -hmm. it just wasn't a good situation. So um, it was to the point that Samara was actually looking to divorce Adam at this point. And this is after, of course, they had these two daughters. And she was going for full custody and spousal support from him. So she was actually granted the full custody of the girls. And um, Adam was not to be, I guess, left with the kids. Right. So I don't know how that worked.
0: Yeah. They weren't very specific about that, but yeah, she had primary, primary custody. So him taking the kids without written permission from court, I think is what the issue would have been. Okay. Okay.
1: Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Um, so surveillance tapes from the night before Samra's death showed what appeared to be the couple arguing in the car outside of a restaurant. And Adam even, like, gets out of the car and tries to go over and talk to Samra through the driver's side window and she kind of like opens the door and like shoves him off and then yeah. slams the door in his face and uh, she's actually backing the car out while he's like, halfway in yeah. the vehicle so yeah. it's clear that it's not a friendly conversation right. of course you can't hear what's being said or what's going on but because you can
0: surveillance tell. tapes will not help us for anything right <laughs> Come on,
1: guys. at around 11 a.m on february 22nd 2014 so this is the day Next day, after they had their little argument in the parking lot, um, a call was made from the Frosh residence, and it was a maintenance man who had called and said that he had arrived at the house and found Samara at the bottom of the pool. So we go from this evening of arguing to the next morning, the maintenance guy who is just there, I assume to... Do. Maintain things, to <laughs> maintenance. I don't know what that's like having somebody come and I do know. that for me, but um, so he finds her at the bottom of the pool and he immediately called 911 and had described that she was had been in there for a long time and said like there was
0: no movement, the pool was still, so he knew she was right there for a while. He
1: had said he did not know how long she was in, but she was definitely, yeah, a goner and that, um. He wanted the police to come and that was that. So the 911 operator actually asked this man if he would be willing to go in the pool and pull her out. And he immediately was smart, in my opinion, yeah. and said, no, I'm absolutely not going to do that because he knew that being the person who called it in, well, who's going to be the first exactly. person they want to look into? It's going to be him.
0: And then his DNA's on her right. and all that stuff. You right. can't. Honestly, so, I thought it was genius. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. Very... You want to be him to be helpful, but at right. the same time, you're like easy to pin it on onto, onto him. Right. He's the only one there. Honestly, I feel like
1: that whole thing though, that scenario is like my worst nightmare because I don't really consider myself a strong swimmer anyway. So yeah. I feel like I would be hard pressed to even pull somebody out of oh, yeah. the water. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, I don't even. I just got on like well, that she couldn't process swim
0: either. She, that's what they said that she was unable to swim. Right. So of course
1: they are thinking initially possibly she had an accident where she fell into the pool and couldn't swim and couldn't get herself out and drowned in the pool of course she was fully clothed had on her robe and she wasn't wearing a bathing suit like right. she was intentionally getting in the pool yeah so when police arrived they saw what appeared to be one of samara's sandals stuck under the pool hose and this was actually in the pool on one of the steps and right. so it had just looked like a flip-flop had come off her foot near the stair like
0: got stuck underneath it, right? Like it tripped her. Her foot got stuck and she tripped.
1: Right. So police realized that the couple's children weren't there um whenever they responded to the scene. And of course they started to worry about where they could be. They wanted to know where was the father, where was everybody else that was supposed to be in the house. And they actually issued an amber alert for the two girls while they continued to track down
0: Adam. Right. Police got in contact with Kendall Lindsay, who was a friend of Adam's. Uh, Kendall had been informed of Samara's death through another mutual friend, and once he confirmed that through the police that Samara Samara was dead, he decided to call Adam to break the news to him. So at this point, Adam's not there. The girls aren't there. So uh, Kendall calls Adam, and Adam asks where he is. And Adam says, well, I took the girls this morning, and we're at our beach house in Panama City. And Panama City is about an hour and a half outside of tallahassee beautiful gulf coast love that water wish i could be there wish i had a beach house but yeah. <laughs> alas he had one um and so he tells adam to hurry up and come out come back home and find out what's going on um in the meantime one of kendall's friends from the police force called on him to help find adam detectives then sat down with kendall to ask him his thoughts on samura and on adam and um very quickly kendall came out saying he was not a fan of her. He didn't like her. He didn't want Adam around her. He thought the marriage was terrible. And basically, he said that at one point, it, if it was me, they, would have, they wouldn't they would be looking for the killer because my hands would still be around her neck. Like, he hated her so much. That's, like, such it a was, dumb thing to say when you're being why? interviewed by the police. And this
1: woman is de- just was found yeah. dead. Like, let's not say. Hey, we found her dead.
0: We don't have a right, suspect. Okay. Oh, right. If it was me, (laughs) I'd still be trying to kill her. That doesn't make any sense. Don't say anything. Exactly. So um, he talked about actually going head to head with Samura. And he said that at one point he would, in an argument, he threatened to actually throw her out the window. So this guy seems like a very... a good suspect, really. Right, and he's
1: giving all this information
0: to the police yeah. himself. Like, what are you doing? First <laughs> Do of all, ask for a lawyer. And then, <laughs> yeah. Oh my and gosh. And then go through all this. So, yeah. So, police start looking into Kindle because obviously this guy is not a fan of Samura. Um And then they realize that he actually does have a solid alibi. Um, it was revealed before... Revealed the night before Samara's death that Kendall was out hunting, which is totally a North Florida, South Georgia thing to go and do. Right. And the following morning, his wife drove him to work. Um, It was confirmed that he was actually at work at 11.20 and Samara's body was found at 11.00. So Kendall actually had, that was his alibi.
1: So I don't understand alibis and how they decide that that's a good alibi. Right. Because so he got to work at 11.20, but obviously she was killed at least before 11. Right. She was just found at 11. So I don't, how do you know he still couldn't have had something to do with Thank it?
0: Thank you. That I doesn't know. make
1: any sense to me just because he went to work.
0: Well, if he was hunting and his wife says he got home at 10.40, then he took a shower and I brought him, then I guess that's one thing. They had to have checked like, um receipts from going hunting or he went to a gas station they had to have had more than that because there's no way somebody gets away with saying i, was, I would have killed right, her myself right. <laughs> and then like yeah, i was just hunting <laughs> so when
1: the police finally caught up with adam which by the way he did not make it back to tallahassee apparently the local police down by the beach had spotted him and kind of picked him up and yeah he had said oh i'm actually on my way home and they said well actually we have some guys from Tallahassee that came down to speak to you. So yeah. just come with us and we'll do it here. So that has to be scary. Like, right? I <laughs> like know. The detectives from there are here now. Yeah. And they're, they're already here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, in Panama City, they probably had nothing else going on. Probably. Unless it was spring break. So they, yeah. were, they welcomed the chance. <laughs> So when they brought Adam in for questioning, he was
1: shaken up and very tearful and, you know, whether or not you think it was genuine, you'd have to listen to the interview tapes, I guess. Um, I rolled my eyes when Mandy just mentioned it, so you can see yeah. how I feel. <laughs> uh, so he described what he had been doing for the last 24 hours and basically had just laid out this lovely picture that he had spent the previous day with Samura and the kids. They had gone to run errands, they went and had a nice lunch together, and then they all went home home and they had a wonderful evening together um he said that uh him and Sa- samura made
0: love or whatever he oh, said and the police <laughs> officer did you hear them say did was- you mean have sex and he's <laughs> like i don't like to talk about it that way i'm like Please, you're <laughs> making me throw up No, let's get technical here <laughs> i just can't with that i can't
1: so he actually claimed that Samra had asked him to take the girls and go somewhere the next morning because she wanted a break and wanted to sleep in and all that. Well, I think as a mother, we can all relate to that. Yeah, that sounds legitimate. For sure. I mean, there sometimes you just get to that point where you're just tired from... I don't even want to say this, but straight up momming so hard, (laughs) you know, like you just stop laughing at me. (laughs) No, it's true. Like
0: there are times where you're just like, I can't do this one more minute. Uh, Right. Take them for a couple hours. Like I don't even care where you go. Yeah, yeah. Right. I could care less what happens. Watch TV for all I care, but just go. Right. And so according to Adam's,
1: uh, not testimony, but according to his interview, what he told the police, that's what the deal was, and so that's why he wasn't there the next morning because he had left to take the girls to the beach house, and he told police that he left his home about eight a.m. Well, they had uh, security cameras at their property because, of course, they did, and that was actually confirmed. You have
0: security cameras here, <laughs> <house>. Richie Rich. <laughs>
1: I don't have them because I'm rich, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I have them to stay invincible. There you go. So that was actually confirmed through the security surveillance uh, footage that he did leave at 8 a.m. They have him a video of him driving out off the property, and the timestamp does say that it's roughly 8 o'clock in the morning. So that was um, not a lie. So he, of course, maintained that he would never harm his wife. He loved her very much, that when he left that morning with the girls, she was still in, uh, in bed asleep and everything was completely normal uh, that morning whenever he left. So having been already made aware of their past history and their violence and, you know, the arrests and everything, the police were not really quick to buy into his story and they placed him under arrest, but not for murder because they didn't really have anything to right. to hold him for murder or didn't on that. know
0: if it was murder to begin you know right it was suspicious they were
1: suspicious and they wanted sure. to dig and find any reason they could to to hold on to him while they sorted things out. Right. So they actually arrested him because he had taken the girls and according to the agreement, the court custody agreement, he was not allowed to do that without express permission. Right. Or what have you. So that's actually what he got arrested and held there for and uh while he was waiting for them to figure out what was going on.
0: Right. And they said they could hold him for a while on that. That was not like a 24-hour well, situation. Well, I imagine it's
1: kind of along the lines of like
0: kidnapping. Yeah, yeah. Basically. I mean, they had an Amber Alert out and everything for right. the kids. So Right.
1: So that brings us up to around 11 a.m. when the shocking discovery of her body was made by that maintenance man. When authorities came and retrieved uh, Samra from the pool, her body temperature was already too low to be able to determine just how long she had been dead for. But the medical examiner did make some interesting um, notes about her that kind of gave a little bit of insight into the probability of whether she was killed before or after 8 a.m. when Adam left. Right. And this is kind of where the case gets really interesting because a lot of people, of course, the prosecution believes that they have... There's no doubt in their mind that he did it and then left the house. But then the medical examiner who actually examined her body had found that there was actually no signs, really no signs of death that they typically see when... Someone has been dead for several hours. Right. So they didn't have any, she didn't have any of the discoloration of skin or when somebody dies, um, the blood, you know, gravity kind of makes the blood pool in certain areas. So there was none of that. And there was no rigor mortis setting in yet. And they said, furthermore, that her fingers and toes were not pruney, like they would be, you know, wrinkly, like they would be if she had been submerged in water for three plus hours, yeah. which is what um, the prosecution, of course, was saying that she she was tossed into the pool before right. 8 a.m. and left there until Her 11. Her skin
0: would basically be peeling by that point if you right. were in the water right. that
1: long. Exactly. So there was none of that. So, right. of course, that kind of raised some issues for the prosecution because now they're going to have to figure out how to place Adam there at a time that would be correlated with what when she probably died, which... Right from what the medical examiner said, was likely after 8 a.m., right. after he's already seen leaving the house. yeah. So that's kind of where it gets a little bit interesting. Um, they had a The prosecution had another wrench thrown in their whole entire case when a neighbor of Adam and Samura's told detectives that he had seen a woman um, matching Samura's description standing out in front of the house, loading something into a vehicle around 10.25 in the morning. So he could not confirm that it was Samura. I'm not sure if he didn't really have a close relationship with them or yeah. if he probably had just, I mean, they're neighbors, but I know with my neighbors, I couldn't probably pick them out of a lineup. You know no, what I mean? I would neither. I know who they are because I see them every once in a while, but I could, I don't give know a,
0: specifics. Right. I could general. give you a
1: loose description of my neighbors, but I wouldn't be able to, if you said, is this him? I, I don't know. Maybe, Yeah, <laughs> you know, but I also keep to myself and try not yeah. to be friendly. We with don't my like neighbors. people. So it helps. <laughs> um, so, He wasn't able to confirm that it was Samra, but pretty much everything that he said about the woman that he saw in the driveway is a dead ringer for Samra's description. He said he saw a black woman, tall, dark hair. Pretty much that sounds like her. So they began to entertain the idea that possibly it wasn't Samra in the driveway and that it could have been another woman that maybe just looked very similar to her. Right. There was um, a lot of accounts told by friends that Adam had a very particular taste in women and that he seemed to associate and kind of get romantically involved with women who looked very similar, had, like, the same features. Right. So he had a type, basically. Yeah. Um, and so – and then, of course, with his history of cheating and yeah. this alleged cheating and everything, mm-hmm. they wanted to look into the possibility that maybe this was a mistress or another woman situation, right. maybe who was jealous and wanted to get but rid of Samra.
0: The security camera—that's what I didn't. That's understand. what I don't
1: understand either.
0: How do you have security
1: cameras and you can't see? I mean, unless they just didn't have any on the actual driveway, which seems completely useless in my opinion. Right? <laughs> you and should then,
0: have them everywhere. Yeah. Where were they exactly? Was my question. Right. Like they're not on the pool and they're not in the driveway. So. Right. What are you doing? Those are here? like the two main ones I have. I know. <laughs> you know. Like. I don't so get anyway, no, I don't really get that either. So police
1: interviewed. Uh, a few other women there was 3 that were exotic dancers and the other one was the mother of the child that Adam had during his engagement with Samura. so they actually put her um they you know they called her and wanted to talk to her and find yeah. out what exactly the details of her relationship with Adam were, and how often did she see him? And did she ever have any run-ins with Samura? Yeah. and um, this woman said, "No, absolutely not. I only saw Adam once a month. I would meet up with him, get my check from him, and we would part but ways. Didn't
0: that make you sad because it didn't sound like he even saw his kid, like based yeah. on that, it was like Samura was so angry. I, I don't I can't blame that all on her, but it seemed like she was so irritated that that this happened. That this affair happened and this baby comes out of it—that she didn't want anything to do with the baby, so it was almost like that baby didn't. Exist right, and that's how sad. I read it. That made me
1: sad. But it, I mean, but it also sounded like the mother of that child was totally fine with that arrangement. Yeah, and it didn't did. you know? But didn't... we only
0: got a glimpse of it, so I'd like right. to think that she wanted something different for her kid, and it just didn't work out. If that makes sense. But it made me sad for the baby because it's yeah. not the baby's fault.
1: Well, maybe maybe she went on to like find somebody else.
0: Who <laughs> do you is... like how we're trying to make ourselves feel better? <laughs> we didn't didn't no. We have no dog in this fight, and I just want the kid to be okay.
1: I'm just hoping she found like another man who was willing to really good person like, and, Right. Yeah. like <laughs> is, is she's raising that baby now with someone else. That would who be Who loves
0: a baby and yeah, yeah. Yes. That's, that's
1: what I we just that's what I imagine picture, in my yeah. in my head. So I hope that's the truth.
0: <laughs> wow, we are full of fairy tales. So
1: <laughs> So after interviewing all of these women and asking them the questions, they, they all also had alibis and their stories all checked out. So they were all cleared and that didn't really go anywhere. That was a dead end. So right. basically, we're back to square one. So who was in the driveway? Right. Was it Samra? Was the guy who saw supposedly saw this person even looking at the right house? Like,
0: It was such a big neighborhood, he right? And they're spaced out. Something right? Could have been anything.
1: Well, he insists, and he says he's sure he was walking with his daughter that morning, and he is positive that he saw somebody in their driveway. But you, know, it's it's really um, hard with like witnesses and stuff because there's so many factors and. Yeah. Humans are make mistakes whenever For they sure. you know they think they see something or they think they hear something and maybe it is or isn't true and it's just kind of human nature I
0: guess. I saw a creepy car in my neighborhood and I took a picture of it like just kind of like this, <laughs> you know, to the side. And then I left, came back, and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to see if I can remember the details, just like testing my own abilities. And I was like, I think it's a red car. And I looked, and it was a green truck. It was a truck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, I cannot be a witness to anything. I was very convinced. So yeah, don't commit a crime around me because I cannot help you.
1: (laughs) So detectives had found an unknown DNA sample on the robe that Samara was found wearing when she died. And they were unable to match that DNA to any of the possible suspects that they were already investigating. So none of those other women, uh, not the friend who made the weird comments about killing her himself and not the maintenance man or uh, his son who was also there. So they did not have a match to this other DNA that was on her robe, which I guess I'm impressed that there was DNA on the robe if she was underwater.
0: Well, I I Apparently robe, know nothing no, about DNA. No, the fell on the ground. I don't think the rope. The pictures I saw, it was on the pool deck. I feel like maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. But see, I even thought like, okay, well, that's not that weird that somebody else's DNA is on there because you had to buy it from a store. Somebody's handled it. Like, I always wonder about those kind of things. How yeah. much... There's unknown DNA. Okay. Well, did somebody make that thing? And right. that's why it's right. Now? How do you are know? just dumb. Uh, we uh, are. We shouldn't ask I that. think we yeah. <laughs> do, do not beg questions that you don't want answers to. And don't review us based on that question. please. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want, my heart can't take that review.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> so Adam was eventually indicted on the murder charge and it would be up to a jury to decide whether or not he was guilty of murdering Samara or not. Um, whether or not or not. Yeah. <laughs> that made total sense. Um, so he was actually offered a deal, and that was if he would just plead guilty to manslaughter, he would be uh, up for a maximum of fifteen years in prison. Which honestly, if you did commit murder and you knew you did, yeah, that seems like a good deal. To I take. know, fifteen but years is not
0: life. I think some of it is pride, though. Some like you hear this a lot, where it's like you could have eight years or eighty years, and there's all this evidence stacked against him, and they still go for it. And then I think was that was that your best choice? Right. Really, that, that's really what you got. I get yeah. uh, being an innocent person and doing that. But even if I was innocent, I think I'd be like, I've, I've watched enough daylines. I'm going to jail. Like, right. I'll take the deal. <laughs> Give me the deal. So he didn't take
1: the deal. Obviously, I'm sure you got no that. No deal. Um, he basically was insisted that he was innocent and wanted to have his day in court like everybody else and wanted to, you know, he was very confident in the jury system and thought that he was innocent and they would find him innocent. So he... Not guilty. They yeah. find him not guilty. <laughs> Doesn't mean you're innocent. So during the trial, there was a witness who... There was a couple of witnesses that got on the stand. And by the way, almost all of the evidence they had in this case was circumstantial. Right. They, they really did not have anything solid no. to tie him to Mm-mm. this murder. Um, in fact, like I said before, they had a few things that pointed to the possibility that maybe he wasn't the one who killed her. So I'm wondering right now. Right. I know. (laughs) So, um, But one of the witnesses was somebody that Samra had been working with, um, I guess, trying to build a website or doing something along those lines. And this man had overheard a conversation that she was having on the phone with Adam. And it was kind of a heated discussion. They were arguing. And Adam had threatened, had said something like stupid, like, oh, I'll I'll kill you or something. Right. And um, so this person heard that. And this was about two weeks before she died. So... Stuff like that, it's always hard. I've never personally told anyone I'm going to kill them because you just don't say things like that when you're normal and sane. Right, but um, it's it's a bad example to say that. But how many times though do you say dumb things that are not that you would definitely get nailed for if somebody like heard you say it and then something happened, like you'd be like, "Oh, I'm definitely screwed for that
0: prison for." Yeah,
1: exactly. And you know, it's just even. I don't know.
0: But in an argument with your spouse, you're not going to say, I'm going to kill you. Especially a heated argument. If you're joking, if I'm joking and my husband can't find the remote and I say, I'm going to kill you, if you can't find this remote because I really want to watch like The Office or something, that's a joking thing. But if they're in a heated argument and you hear somebody say that, that's like, okay, (laughs) alarms are going (laughs) on. Maybe we should take this a
1: little seriously. Yeah, maybe
0: we should pay attention here.
1: So there was um, another witness actually who went on the stand and this was part of some people think this was like the most damning part of the testimony that was given in his trial, but they had put his cellmate from jail while he was waiting, awaiting trial, um, up on the stand. And this man claimed that Adam had told him this story of what had happened that night and what happened to Samra. And what he alleged is that Adam told him that, uh, that morning that she died, he and Samura had a fight because she had found some text messages on his phone where he had been texting other women and right. she became angry and jealous and upset and all that. But and they're divorced. I'd like to write that out. But go ahead. But they're still living or yeah, he that was, was there weird. and it was it's all weird. It's, weird. it's all weird. Um so it, this what did what did they keep calling him? Jail. Wait. Jailhouse snitch. Yeah, <laughs> the jailhouse snitch um, said that they got in this argument over the cheating, and it became really heated, and that Adam had actually clubbed her over the head with a golf club and didn't mean to kill her, but it was an accident.
0: What?
1: what? <laughs> and then he did you got. You think you were
0: teeing off right. inside the house? I don't understand how that's an accident.
1: Whoopsie. I don't, yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand hitting people in an argument. Yeah. Anyway. Well, now she but to whack someone with like a driver. Like yeah. you obviously know you have a possibility of killing them. Right. If you do that. Right. Especially if you're
0: any good at golf. Right. Then, <laughs> then you too. That sounds terrible. But no, they did say part of her um, her autopsy showed blunt force trauma, so right, it lined up with what the the snitches get stitches Sky says right
1: so it did yes her cause of death was officially ruled blunt force trauma and and drowning so they're saying that she was hit over the head first and um, the prosecuting attorney was saying that she likely would have died from that injury anyway but that she was actually tossed into the pool while she was still alive right which honestly is horrifying
0: well and especially for somebody that can't swim, so she can't right. do anything.
1: Well, even if she had been clubbed over the head, even if she was conscious, I feel like...
0: Drowning is the most terrifying no, way to go. No, Not I know, interested. I,
1: no, nope. 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 Um, Find a better way to kill me, people. Right. So, the jailhouse snitch said that Adam basically threw her in the pool because he was just so scared of what he had just done, I guess. It was just an attempt to cover it all up and make it look like a drowning. Um So, that's what he said. Right. So, that didn't really... Add up, I guess, to the defense, of right. course, who was like, wait a minute, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Right. And the medical examiner had also said that in her professional opinion, she did not believe that Samara was hit over the head with a golf club. She right. said that the injuries that she had really were not consistent with that theory at all. And that it was probably more likely that she was hit in the head with like a fist or right. something, not something. Goodness. I, I don't, I don't, I can't even get my head around any of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, But she did say that after looking at the body and everything, she did not think that um, she had been hit with a golf club. But either way, detectives went back to the house after Jailhouse Snitch had told them this information. They went back digging around looking for this golf club that allegedly was used as a murder weapon. Right. And sure enough, they found a golf club in the master bedroom kind of leaning up against a corner. Well, it had been there a while, they said. I don't know how much time had passed between when... He had gone to jail and got arrested, and then when the detectives went back and found this, because they said there was like cobwebs and stuff yeah. around it, so it had been sitting there for a minute. Um, but a this minute is minute. We don't <laughs> talk like that
0: anymore. We're, <laughs> we're too old to say a minute um, as a hot uh, minute. Yeah, like <laughs> I can't with that. No, I'm not going to allow you to say that. That's too much. <laughs> Fine. We're too old for that. But okay. wh- one thing: who was it that was talking about? Um, they said that Adam called a friend to get all the golf clubs out of the house, right? The, that was like, was it the jailhouse? It, yeah, because okay. he was going to be getting out soon. Okay. And so yeah, he yeah. said, oh,
1: Adam told me to go to his house and get rid of all the golf clubs. Right. Because he knew one of them was the murder weapon or whatever right. the case may be. So keep in mind, this person's also a criminal. Yeah. And has been in jail. So... Possibly not the most reliable testimony. I don't buy...
0: I would never, ever, ever base my decision as a juror on um, a jailhouse snitch. So,
1: the detectives did find that golf club, like I said, that was in the home. And they determined, through forensics, that Samra's DNA was on the head of the golf club. Like, as in the part that hits the ball. Um But this is something that bothers me because it was in her house in her bedroom. So I don't, I guess I don't understand what's so bizarre about her DNA being on an item in her own bedroom, because you would think like, yeah, duh, she lives there. Her DNA is going to be on any item that you pick up from the house. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, and so I I just don't know enough about how DNA transfer works. I mean, I know you can get DNA from blood or saliva or um, hair. I mean, anything like that, but... I'm not sure. If- That's what I
0: kind of think, though. That it had to have been a specific type of, like, like a saliva, something you wouldn't have on there. Blood, hair, something that it would seem like. Okay, well, that that could have been used. It wasn't just from her picking up the head of the golf club. It was something more sinister, really. Right. Otherwise, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, of course, there are DNAs on there. That's
1: stupid. right. But I mean, but then it it just goes against what the medical examiner found that said like no I don't believe she was hit with a golf club I mean this is a professional medical examiner so I think she would know if it was consistent with that oh my
0: god no I'm just kidding I love (laughs) Tallahassee that's my people
1: oh my goodness so after being presented with all of this evidence and all of these crazy twists and turns um which like I said all the evidence was really circumstantial so the jury went out to deliberate and the attorneys of course they don't like when the jury goes out because so it's very stressful and you don't right. know what they're going to come back with or how long it's going to take. And you have to just kind of wait around waiting to see what's going to happen. And in this case, they didn't have to wait very long because yeah. the jury returned in 90 minutes, which yeah. is like a lightning fast.
0: Um, I think I would say, let's stay in here a little bit longer. And right. Even <laughs> and, if we've got a decision. And just think about this for a minute. Let's eat lunch, <laughs> something. <Let's> right. <laughs> everybody eat a
1: Snickers. Tell us about your day, something. Right. I don't know. So... I guess whenever you have, like, a very quick deliberation, it probably means everybody went in there already on the same page for the most part, and there was very little discussion or convincing, because everybody already had the same thing in mind.
0: So he was found guilty
1: of murdering Samra, which... typically that
0: points to a guilty verdict also, not just one or the other, but it's typically guilty. Right.
1: So so he was found guilty and sentenced, of course, to life in prison. So they took the death penalty off the table, I had read, that he, I guess that was at one point was a potential option and then
0: see where that went with Casey Anthony. It does not worked in your
1: favor at all. And especially not when you don't have any solid evidence. No. So, um, so yeah, so I am kind of surprised because I think there was plenty of reasonable doubt in this case. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, just the fact that he was seen on camera leaving at eight in the morning and then the, you know, professionals who do the forensic stuff for a living said, there's no way she had been in the pool for three yeah. hours. Like, you know, that just or been dead that long even because right. they there was no signs of that. There was nothing, no evidence to support the idea that she had been killed before eight AM and had been at the bottom of the pool for that long. Right. So to me, if I was a juror, I mean to me that's enough to me to say, mm, I don't know if we can convict a person right. of murder.
0: That's reasonable. Yeah. Reasonable doubt. That's it all is. you have to have.
1: So I I'm just kind of surprised. Based that- on what
0: we know, mm-hmm. I feel the same way. I don't think I could convict him. Right. Based on what the state, you know, the evidence the state had. And it's the state's duty to <laughs> to give you enough evidence to make you say 100% the person's guilty. Right. And I don't think they did that. So No. Yeah, what we had. But did you hear also that after, like in uh, closing, was it in closing arguments or and sentencing that the mother of Samara had talked about, she had sent a letter and um, the defense was really irritated about this because the prosecution read it. It was kind of like a victim impact statement sort of thing. But, um, but the defense was really irritated because they hadn't had this prior to the trial. And in it, in the letter, Samara's mom basically says, yeah, Samara had talked to me a few weeks before and there had been like a lurker at their house and stuff. So kind of saying like, into Could have been possibilities. somebody else, right? Yeah, and so obviously defense was really irritated, but the prosecution said, "Well, we had to get it translated and all that." So, I'm not saying the prosecution was wrong or anything, but it is kind of that's like something they should have had time to look into a little bit more.
1: Well, I agree. And then the other thing that is kind of mind blowing that they didn't, you know, look into other possibilities. The uh, prosecuting attorneys, of course, thought that. The, just the fact that he left the house at eight a m. and took the kids was suspicious. And they're like, "Oh, obviously he killed her and then took off. You right. know? Well, to me, I don't think that's really that suspicious that he left the house with the kids at eight in the morning. And if you really think about it, well, so so then she was home alone, which would be like a prime time if anybody wanted to right. Harm her. Yeah, she was home alone. So I don't understand how they just jump to automatically. Like, oh, well, he left the house, so he obviously was guilty. Like he left because he was guilty of something. I'm like, and I'm not saying that he did or didn't murder yeah, yeah. her. I don't know. Don't know. I don't yeah. know. But I just think um, it's it's hard for me to make that leap to. to murder
0: the other comment they made is that when they the police found adam the girls were like in their pajamas and somebody said she would have never let the girls leave the house in pajamas they would have been all (laughs) dressed up i'm sorry but if i'm getting to sleep in i could care less what you dress my kids right she wasn't gonna get
1: out of bed right she's not gonna get out of bed and make sure they're all primped up so they can go to the beach house like she wanted to sleep in she didn't want to take care of them that morning right like she didn't want to do all that right so yeah i i thought that too i was was like Give me a break. And then I had to like roll my eyes because I'm like, my kids go everywhere in pajamas.
0: (laughs) My son, um, at my mother-in-law's birthday this last week, got himself completely undressed in the van. And then as we walked out, he just runs inside in just his underwear. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I wasn't shocked at all. And everybody else was like, whoa, what's happened? But that's like totally normal for our house. Yeah. Big deal. No,
1: no, no, no. really fancy outfits here no no no
0: <laughs> literally my kids would not keep them on so no. yeah so this was an interesting case because this is one of the first ones I feel like at the end of it we're kind of like huh? I don't know yeah yeah <laughs> so maybe there's more evidence that we just don't know about but from everything I read and we researched and we watched I don't think they had enough evidence to, no. to pull the gun on guilty I agree So I'm not going to fight for this guy's case or anything. I'm not interested in that. No, we're not going to be anyone's advocate. (laughs) Yeah, nobody's... That sounds terrible. But no, I feel like there's a lot of evidence, but just not enough to have said that. So best of luck to you, Adam. Yeah, Best of luck to you. So, um, okay, well, that is all for our show this week. Um, Again, find us on uh, Facebook our Facebook group, Mums Word, we have 300 members now, at Crazy. least by the time you hear that, yeah. So um, I really enjoy that group. It's a lot of fun. Twitter, Instagram, all those places, Patreon, Threadless, come check out our merch store. I think that's all. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and I don't know. Just Please, en- if enjoy you did, the rest yeah, of the week. <laughs> <enjoy>. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
1: I'm Casey and I'm Samantha and we're the hosts of true crime storytime a
0: podcast for all things true crime we will be bringing you fortnightly episodes covering everything from murder and mysteries disappearances theft and fraud abductions and kidnappings and more importantly trying to take a lesson away from each case because
1: every story has a message
0: get enough true crime? Do you enjoy movies based on a true story? I'm Craig.
1: And I'm Maria. We decided to merge the two and talk about true crime and the movies based on them. I know the real story and have done all the research, but I haven't seen the movie.
0: And I've only seen the movie and know nothing about what actually happened.
1: We've got cases and movies from every end of the spectrum. Some movies are great and others, not so much.
0: So come on over to Texas True Terrors and give us a listen. Learn a little something and maybe get a laugh or two along the way.
1: You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play at Texas True Terrors, and you can find us on Twitter at Texas Terrors. If you like what you hear, rate and review us on iTunes, and it'll help us keep this thing going. Bye, y'all.